uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're doing well wherever you are, whether you're in your car, you're at work, walking the streets, listening to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for bringing your ears to me. Uh, I hope your week's been great. What did I do on the weekend? We usually kick off the podcast with whatever I did on the weekend. That's right. I went and saw Slowly Slowly play on Saturday night with Stand Atlantic at Drifters Wharf in Gosford. Insane. Great show. 60 bucks for the ticket. I felt like I should have given them 120. It was that good. Stand Atlantic were incredible. Slowly, slowly went on afterwards, and uh, it was an amazing show. Amazing. We had a great time. Uh, the night before, though, uh, my band played at the Lincoln Pin. Uh, for the very first time, we uh, we played there, released our debut EP on that Friday, and that was an incredible night. All our friends, all our family there, it was an amazing time. All right, today on the podcast, we have got Henny. She is the bass player in Clowns. They are like a psychedelic punk band from Melbourne. Really heavy, really cool, incredible tunes. Uh, And they are releasing an album in like a couple of weeks' time. And it is going to be insane. I've already heard four tracks of it so far, uh, like the majority of the Clowns fans would have as well. I hit her up. I said, jump on the podcast. Let's have a bit of a chat. You know, try and spruik this album, try and talk about this tour that's coming up. Unfortunately, it's been postponed. We do talk about that in this interview. We also talk about Carpal Tunnel RSI. That is the reason that the tour has been postponed, sadly, till next year. And, you know, we sort of discuss about the timeliness of that. They're obviously supposed to be on tour in October to support the new record, but one of the members got an injury. So... They had to put it back. We talk about what it's like. Uh, Henny, actually, she suffers for car- from Carpal Tunnel. Uh, the other bandmate has RSI, so that's the reason that the gig's off. We also talk about what part do the Spice Girls have in the band. If you listen to Clowns and then you think that one of the band members, Henny, is influenced by the Spice Girls, you'll be like, what? How does this work? But we talk about how cool that is. You know, you don't, just because you're in a punk band, it does not mean that you've got to put yourself in this avenue where all you do is all day long play and listen to punk rock music. You can be inspired by any sort of music out there from any sort of genre. Um, and that's what Henny is like. She is open to any sort of genre of music. We talk about what it was like to work with Matt Squires. He worked with uh, Ariana Grande, also worked with Panic at the Disco and their big record. So he's a he's a real hit maker. We talk about how jealous we are that Matt gets to sit at home all day and write songs. He's a, he's a genius, though. We talk about saving Melbourne venue, The Tote. Now, that was almost gone. That, that building was going to be taken over by developers, was going to be turned into this big set of apartments. And it's quite an inspirational story, actually. Fans of the tote got together, 
got their money together, got their coins, shrapnel, whatever they had, and now the tote has been saved, all thanks to people who love rock music. We talk about the lockout laws in Sydney and how the Sydney scene's doing at the moment, and we also talk about, and I love this part of the chat, clowns are one of only two bands in Australia that have been able to do this. They're signed to Fat Records, which is Fat Mike's record label, Friends Will Rom are the other band, and how maybe if you're in a band, when you're hanging out at the airport, just doing whatever, just remember that the next person you find at the airport or you bump into could change your life dramatically, and that's somewhat of the story of Clowns signing onto this big US label, Fat Records, and we also hear what Fat Mike has to say about clowns. There's plenty coming up in this chat. I hope you enjoyed. This is my chat with Henny, the bassist of Clowns. Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Chilling out? Yeah, I work Monday to Friday. Had a show last night, so I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it a late one? Where were you playing? It wasn't too late, actually. I was well behaved. I went home pretty relatively early. It was at Stay Gold, actually. I was filling in for bass. Jake and Jared's new band out of Clowns. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Good turnout. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. It was like um, Kiss Covers band. They were great. Yeah. Gene Simmons was like uncannily like Gene Simmons. Very good. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad that you're here with me and uh, you woke yeah. up and, and yeah. you managed to grab your iPhone and get the Zoom call going. It's really good to have you yeah. on here. I thought we'd get the shit news out of the way first. Mm. The tour. Mm. Postponed, isn't it? Yeah, postponed. Yeah, it was kind of the the best thing to do. But, yeah, it's a real bummer. Like, um, it's funny because <laughs> Jake struggled with RSI. I think since he was a kid, like arthritis, and I've got carpal tunnel. Oh. So we were like, we're falling apart. We're not even 40 yet. But, yeah, I think I think we're getting to the age where we realise you have to kind of look after yourself and you can't just smash it continuously all the time. <laughs> RSI, for a lot of people that might be listening, um, it's crippling, isn't it? It, it really is bad. And for some musicians, if they try and play through it, and try and get through, it only makes it worse and it only prolongs the time that you hit the stage again. So as as bad a timing it is, you've got to take this time away to try and prolong your careers, really. Well, yeah, I think it makes you, when I got, I got carpal tunnel January 21 and it was kind of like my worst fear coming true. And then you've really got to think like, if I want to play, I've got to, I've got to look after myself because that's what I enjoy. And I think it's in the scene as well, it can be a bit, I don't know, when you're in a rougher kind of punk scene, like self-care isn't the first priority when you're younger as well. So you, it's a good it's a good thing to happen, really. What does the doctor say to you when, you when they go, you've got carpal tunnel? Yeah, it's like surgery is the only way. So I got, I got kind of like I was getting physio weekly or twice mm-hmm. a week and that really helped. And just stretching. So I never stretch before I play. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to stretch and I'm smashing 10 cigarettes and drinking beer. And it's like, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, like I said, it's coming to shit time because this, uh, this new record's coming out mm-hmm. and the, and the songs I've heard off it 
are, are just cracking. Like the four, there's four that have been been released yeah. so far. What's the excitement like? I know obviously the tour is not happening for a little while, but what what are the levels like at the moment in the band? Uh, it's like where it's just so funny when you've had songs for nearly three years, you know, and they mean so much to you. And we we really just last year we were touring and then we got back and we're like we have to we have to knuckle down and it's going to be hard on our personal lives but we have to do this and like write this and we need to do it in this amount of time otherwise we won't get it done and we've worked like really hard on it so that part is always just so nice to finally share them with people because you feel like everyone's heard them because you've heard them so many times like we're really excited and this one is different to the others in the way that a lot of it was written through the pandemic, wasn't it? I mean, you got the, uh, was it Nature Nurture uh, that came out in 2019? You were able to tour that, weren't you? But then yeah. you, you go into this bloody pandemic and everything changes, everything's flipped on its head. Did you just get recording gear at home? Is that sort of how you approach this one? Yeah, like as soon as we got locked down in Melbourne, we all like everyone got a little interface and just started smashing <laughs> the home recording because I lived with Jake still at the time. So we were in a share house together. The two of them, Stevie and Jake, just seemed to like just go the other way with just we're going to write a million songs and they were yeah. just like hitting it so hard. And I think, you know, as their friends, it's like watching them do this for so long, so hard and like watching everyone else try to adapt to like just being locked down like that. It's like, no, you're not allowed to. And these people that are just so motivated, they didn't know what to do with themselves. You know, I feel like personally I kind of rode the wave and I was like, no, I'm going to go with this, like mandated to stay home and not work. Hell yeah. Like I was kind of <laughs> enjoying it more so than freaking out. That process of, uh, you know, doing it all from home, how foreign was that to you all? Like you, you're very much a studio band, aren't you? Um, Honestly, I reckon we're all kind of writers. So a lot of that happens at home. Anyway, it was just, I think, the thought of we can't tour. How can we be as productive as possible? without that happening. So I think we were so prepared for this record at the same time. I think the more than ever before, like when yeah. we went into the studio, we were just like, we know exactly what we want to do with this. And um, yeah, I feel like every record is advanced that way. Like this record is different, but I feel like every record has been different. And, you know, when you're starting, it's like, how are we going to do this? Like, mm. it's like a blank thing. Like we need 10 songs. How are we going to write this record? And that just starts happening. And then, there's times when you're like, we can't write, like we need this now. And yeah, it's just been like, I feel like Stevie's writing, you know, it's really, I really admire it on this, this record, especially like it's really stepped up and he worked really, really hard on this one. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, there's an anxiousness around it, isn't it? When you're, when you're writing songs and you, like you said before, you listen to them over and over and over. And it's like, I just want everyone else to listen to them. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm such a personal writer. Like, it's really been such a good experience being in this band and writing with them and seeing how other people do it. And, like, they're so good at writing on the spot. And I'm very, like, I'm going to go, like, be at home and, like, mill over my thoughts and, like, write emotionally and, and yeah. things kind of progress. So, yeah, it's definitely, it brings out different things in your writing when you have to do that. My favorite at the moment is Thanks for Nothing. And you're, you take the lead on that one. I, I really love that. So, very catchy. And it's fucking oh, sick. Thanks. I reckon it's one of the clowns' yeah. best songs. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they um Jake wrote that riff and he's like, I want you to write everything on top of this. And yeah, that was that was because like I love pop music, you know. And I was mm. like, okay, if you're gonna let me go ham on this one, then you like it was fun. It was really fun. And that 
as soon as I heard that that chorus riff, I just had that like melody in my head, and it was a really weird like it wasn't kind of like we didn't want it to be real typical like COVID sucks, like we want to be free. It was kind of just like me observing that exact juxtaposition of all my friends who were creative, like it like being even more creative by feeling mm. like they weren't. You were saying you love your pop music. I think I saw a video of mm. you on YouTube. You you were talking about top five albums. I think did Spice Girls get a run in there as well? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. So like I, I I like taught myself how to sing like harmonies yeah. to that Spice record when I was like seven, eight, and yeah, obsessed with that. So it was a huge part of my writing. I remember like looking at the credits in their record too, and they like co-wrote all their songs, and that was like really cool to me for a pop band and like yeah they, they were huge for me you know some people some people might laugh at that you know oh spice girls how how is she playing in this heavy band <laughs> and, and screaming and jumping around stage on the bass and then like one of her favorite albums is the spice girls it is <laughs> it's funny that dynamic where and i have it too like i love punk music right but i just Elton John, like, you know, I just, I'll sit there uh, and cook and listen to Elton John. You know, it's a lot well, of people don't thing, understand yeah. that with people that love, you know, mm. you don't just stick yourself in one avenue or one genre. Mm. It's appreciation, like, yeah, I think. And it's, it's more like, I mean, obviously that was a, they are what they are and the writing is what it is. It's, um, but like, I think as a live band, like, I, I, I would watch their live at Istanbul concert like repeatedly and they had like a live band. They're really good musicians and it was like all going in there, you know, and it's kind of, it's funny when you listen to your own writing and you can hear the influence of like very random bands. You're like, oh yeah. Like I was listening to Finch the other day. You know, and, like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't brother, heard of them like, in ages. Them. I know. And I like loved them when I was like 12 and I was listening to it and I'm like, I can still hear the writing I do now. Like I can hear it in this. Like it was so big for me. Like just those big poppy emotional chords. Like great band, great band, Finch. Mm. Um, you're talking about co-writing. You had a real legend help, helping you out. Was it Squires was helping you out with a few songs? Yeah, Matt from Baltimore. Yeah, that was really cool. He was really nice. What, what does he do? What's his sprinkle? Because he like. He's like, yeah, I've worked with like Ariana Grande mm. and and wrote he because uh, he was on that Penny the Disco the big one as well. Wow. He was so it was so cool to like just meet someone who just like does that, that um, professionally, and he just immediately like no no holding back. You know, some people in a band dynamic like, oh maybe you could like, and he's just like, I'm hearing this, and what about this? And it's like, what what are you guys like? <laughs> feeling like is there any doubts about any parts of it and he would just like listen and be like i just hear him like and he came up with some ideas and at first we were like oh, i don't know about that but then like trying it i'm like oh, okay that kind of works like it was yeah it was cool to like just be willing to even do that so there's no sort of umming and ahhing with him he just sort of goes i hear this should we yeah, just do this and really and he's like, he's there with you for your own. He's like, oh, I just love this part. It's like, he's like building you up. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're like a songwriter. <laughs> like, yeah. I always admire people like that as well. You know, the, the guys mm. that just do it for a living. It's like, like they literally pumping out songs every day, get handing them off to people and whatnot. It's um how their brains work. Oh, and I mean, so smart. Like, you know, you're in your pajamas 
getting on the flight, getting the writing the material and not having to go do all like the hard work and two of the records. Like it's an interesting way to do it. Cause I mean, I think I would just miss performing too much. Totally. Um, were they through zoom calls? I know he's in Baltimore. Yeah. His little daughter would come in sometimes. He's like, he won't be in here. And she's just like so sad. He had like gold records behind him. It was nuts. It was just, like, oh. just so weird. Like, that's very cool. A uh, new track's actually out tomorrow, isn't it? Yes. yes That's cool. That is... Hang on. Eight minute song? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, it's long. It's long. Wild. I, and I love that you're not really sticking to the mold of what people tell you, what people would say in 2023. They go, oh, you probably shouldn't release an eight minute song. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's because even my, my brother, you know, I played him the tracks and he's like, that one kind of stands out a bit. Like, yeah. it's a bit different. And I'm like, yeah, like, why not though? It's kind of, yeah. I love doing that. And I think Stevie, you know, he'll always chuck in something like that. And he, when we met and we had to, we were doing these shows, we had to play the whole, like each record, like clowns record that's been released at a different venue. And we were raising money for the dive bars here. Mm. So on tour, we had to learn the whole back catalog at the same time of like every single clown song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like human error. I was listening to that and I was just said, man, like, I don't write like this really, like these huge, epic, different, these songs lose different parts. And like, again, like Stevie's kind of that kind of writer where he holistically can hear everything and comes in with these huge like ideas. So I'm really excited to hear you guys do that. Yeah. To yeah. experiment there. That's cool. Hey, you were talking about saving little venues. I I saw that the tote got saved. Yeah. It's Incredible. like, it's just come through. Yeah. I played a little show to celebrate that last week. It was gone for all money. And it was really like, because I haven't lived here my whole life, you know, but I've lived here for six years now. And even in that time, just the energy, like the history of the venues and like the thought of that going, it was just Mm. really sad. It was like, nah, this is how it happens. Like it has to stay. And everyone was so passionate about it. I just, because I'm from like Brisbane and I find that really sad that when I go back there, none of the venues except like the zoo mm. that I ever played there since 15, like for 20 years, like none of them are there and they just keep getting bored and resold. And it's just kind of, there's no culture in it. You're in a good spot now though, Melbourne, like I'm in an hour North of Sydney. There's nowhere to play where I am except for this venue <laughs> called the Lincoln Pin in Woi Woi, which is great, great venue, sports, original artists. But in Sydney, even it just seems like, we just don't have as much as what's happening down there in Melbourne, you know? It was after the lockout, like, yeah. totally. Yeah. Screwed everything. Because Sydney still, when we played there, it's like everyone coming, it's great vibe. And then I always forget the name of this venue, but it's it's like a it's like a gay bar, but it's also a venue and it's like a club. And we played there with Hardons and it was just before the pandemic. It was like the sickest lineup. It was Neptune Power, Power Federation, Hardons, Nightbirds, and us on our Nightbirds tour. That's right. It's 2019. I just remember going outside after we played, and the security guards like, "If you come out, you can't go back in." Mm. And they were just so. I was like, "Whoa!" And I just hadn't had that kind of energy since Brisbane, when the security guards used to hate working the punk shows. They're like, "You just get out." Like, <laughs> but yeah, it just changed it. Yeah, I'm hoping it's starting to change. They are changing some of those lockout laws like they've already been changed Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it just sucks because there was such a good scene before that happened and i think that was close to 10 years ago now yeah it's been 10 years of just like 
fuck, where do we go? If we leave this pub, will we be able to go and see the band up the road? It doesn't feel like that long ago when Sydney yeah. was, yeah, way more happening, but it's still good. I think there's just, yeah, hopefully it can change a bit. I, I know in your song, Thanks for Nothing, you mentioned Crowbar Sydney, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Coffin. Yeah. How good's that? And pub? I told them, like, you're in our new song. They're like, what? I'm like, I put your name in our new song. They're like, all right. <laughs> I thought that was so, so cool. When I was going through the lyrics, I was like, yes, it was Crowbar I heard. Yeah, Crowbar Sydney. Yeah. Tyler and Trad of, yeah, family. They've been around. Like, it was cool when I joined Clowns that they were close with them because I had played at Crowbar in Brisbane forever so it was like families joining together yeah, yeah hey one of the badges that you guys have got that only one other band in australia has is being signed with fat records yeah yeah so we are like the second aussie band ever incredible tell me about that experience how does um how does fat mike and his crew find clowns yeah. the band <laughs> oh this is what i love is that it's boss lady Erin who where like Erin was the one who liked us mm-hmm. um funny little tidbit story when we were going to put out nature nurture Mike apparently wasn't very happy about it because he was putting Cokie the clowns shit out around oh, when we were doing it. he's like I don't really want so he's he's like I mean I don't think he doesn't like us but we're not we're not a Mike band we're an Erin band and, oh, okay um, okay yeah yeah and we I think Stevie really had been trying for three years before he got to talk to her to kind of get this like going and they were pushing for this and we were trying to get a label there in the States. And then it was big sound and Stevie like flew to big sound. He didn't see her in the whole time. And then he bumped into her at the airport and that's when they had their big talk about everything. And he's like, we've got the record, like they'll send it to you. And she's like, cool. We like it. And then we we went to um, LA and like we caught up with them at their office and like had lunch with them at the office and it was just really chill. Like they're really lovely crew. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, they just totally. Yeah, they really get the whole, whole like they're like we want to be that that label that helps people kind of like stepping stone gets them through there and those like one record deals and that's why I've always thought they were great and like you know it's not the first record I ever bought was Pump Up the Valium when I was mm. thirteen like no effects in the little sanity and the work I lived in it was like, never thought I'd like get to meet her or like, you know, be on that record label ever. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? If you actually think back to when you went and bought that uh, CD and then like, you know, you're probably listening to it. And then to think that you are actually within reaching distance of, of Fat Mike these days, you know, like, um, yeah, and, and everyone at that label. And it's real. Like when it's real, and it's not this kind of, and I think now with social media, it's different. Like, cause I'm 34. I was still in that cusp of like, you couldn't find or look up people. And it was this big, like dream to be like famous. So that's kind of, it was like a lot more unattainable. And now yeah. it, it's very realistic when you're just meeting these other people who have just like, she's just worked so hard and she's like, they are who they are. They, but they, they, huge but it's kind of like they were still just musicians struggling and that's how it all kind of like started and it's it's cool when you're kind of ultimately in it for the same thing i think another thing that people probably don't know is fat records they're pretty particular they're not just taking anyone Mm. you know they really just need these bands that just sort of fit to their niche and you guys are in it's it's amazing and well deserved too uh thank you yeah it's funny because i feel like fat 
you'd get this like that older like early 90s scene mm. can be pretty judgmental in the punk scene and that that like type of person um so we got when we joined them you know there was a bit of like backlash about us from those kinds of people but then you know i love toy guitar and i love so many bands on fat that are a bit different and you know maybe more poppy and it's not just like punk yeah like um <laughs> so i think it's cool that they appreciated that you know and i think it's a good fit i think it's cool Awesome. Uh, I've got a subscriber, Bob. He's uh, He actually wrote to me about this interview. Loves clowns. Uh, like big. And what do you say? He says, can you please ask Ken? I'm just going to pull this up. Can you please ask her how to write a punk classic like Does It Matter? How does he do it? <laughs> it's his favorite song, I think. Does It Matter? Yeah, uh, yeah that song's sick. Jake wrote that song. Yeah, right. Um, and... I feel like sometimes, like, I'll just be walking and I just get a line in my head and the whole song ends up being written around that. Like, mm. I think it's good to have, like, if you want to write a catchy song, you got to have, like, a hook. You just yeah. got to have, that's, yeah. a, that's a big part. That one's Not really catchy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, uh, but we we actually, actually haven't played it for a while. We were playing it for a, for a bit, but, yeah. Nice. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back to him. <laughs> he, <laughs> here's, a, here's a bit of wholesomeness as well. He said, um, tell Henny that my eldest daughter, Emily, thinks she's totally badass and wants to be in a band like her one day. Aww, she's 13. That's so cool. That's <laughs> so cool. Do it. That's when I started. 12 was when distortion came into my life and it changed my life. Oh, I know. You always remember the day you kick a distortion pedal, don't you? Oh my god, it's huge! You're just like, oh my god, this rules! Like, <laughs> you've been on this nylon string since you're a kid. They're like DGC, and then you're like, yeah, plug it in. Changes everything, doesn't it? Changes absolutely everything. Well, Henny, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. We've covered the Spice Girls. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've covered the the band's new record. There's a song out tomorrow. The tour is still on. It's happening in March. Yeah, and hopefully all goes well there. I think I think it's going to be a cracker. Uh, what dates are you you doing? Uh, Sydney, Brisbane, uh, Melbourne, just all the all the yeah. use, all the use. Yeah, all the use. <laughs> and it's my birthday month, so it's like it's there perfect. Get on out! It's Henny's birthday, and they're going to rip right across Australia. Thanks so much, Henny, for jumping on. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, that's Henny, the bass player and sometimes vocalist of the punk band Clowns from Melbourne. If you haven't checked them out, go and do so. Also, they are, like we just were speaking about, they're on tour in March of next year, 2024. They're hitting the road. They're going to be playing their new album, Endless, which comes out in October. They've actually released five singles. So uh, that song that we were talking about in the interview, which is eight minutes long, it's called A Widow's Son. That song got dropped last week. Go check them out. You'll have a great time. All right, it's time for this. Ladies! Yes, this is the part of the show we can write on in. It is the streetpresspodcast.com uh, forward slash letters. You can write anything you'd like in about the show, about someone you heard on the show, about me, about the bands, uh, anything you want. You can write it in. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters and uh, who knows, you might appear on the show. This one is a message. Geez, I tell you what, this episode is gaining in popularity even though it was recorded so long ago. It's the 
Kiss Chasey episode, and this is someone on YouTube. They said, hey, I'm Jeremy from Cranbourne. I did singing lessons with Darren's dad years ago. Not sure if he remembers me, but I just wanted to say congratulations on everything that Darren has achieved. He's always been a legend. I agree. Always been a legend. Darren Cordo is someone that I look up to, and it was really a uh, – it was incredible to get him on the podcast. It was actually this podcast where he announced that Kiss Chasey were getting back together. It was a special episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, you can support the Street Press Podcast. That's also at the website, thestreetpresspodcast.com. But anyways, all the links are down below. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, uh, you can click on the links and you can check out all the website stuff, letters, all that sort of stuff. Anyways, my band, the Ritzy Kids, if you haven't heard of them either, uh, I bang on about them at the end of each episode. And on Friday night, like I said at the top, we uh, we played our EP launch for Walking Talking Mess, our debut EP. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. There was well over a hundred and something people there. And I was worried that we were, uh, we were, we were cramming too many people in like sardines. I want to say <laughs> thanks to Adam, Mark and Millie who run the joint there. They uh, were really accommodating for us. They were like, hey, we'll get your friends in. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, what happens if, you know, what happens if mum brings a bunch of people and then my friends bring a bunch of people and, you know, this place just blows out. They said, look, we got room in the laneway. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad. I just want everyone to be there. So I want to say thank you to Adam, Mark and Millie for fitting the Ritzy kids in. I want to say thank you to Lion Island, Bob Trigg and the boys. Incredible set. Thanks for, for jumping on there. And, and kicking ass, a lot of people were coming up to me going, that Danny LaRusso song is a, is a hit. And I agree. I agree. Go check them out. Lion Island, Danny LaRusso. Check that song out. I want to say thank you to Pat Conwell. Thanks for doing the sound on the night. And who else do I want to say? Oh, yeah, anyone that was there. Have I already said that? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was superb. Rumours have it that a few of the Ritzy Kids boys were still going. <laughs> Still going on Saturday morning and into Saturday afternoon. Won't name anyone. I was tucked up in bed at 1.30. Uh, I was I was toast. But uh, rumour has it a few or maybe one was still going. And I know he listens to this podcast, so that's why I made sure that I put that in there. All right, next week we're going to have a new guest, someone else on from the music industry. Take care of yourself. Until next week, ta-da. Ta-da.